A small casual gathering in the garage of a home in Griffith, Indiana. Two young women in their mid-twenties, sisters, hosting the late summer get-together with a few friends. But there was one mystery guest that happened to tag along that night. What transpired at that party that would leave those two young women dead in a charred, blackened heap on the bathroom floor before sunrise? This is the case of the Evans sisters. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for episode two of Crime Cave. I'm Christy, and this case is actually a local case for me. While researching this crime, I discovered there's not a whole lot of coverage on this case, which really surprised me. But after talking with local residents about some of the victims in this case and how it really affected this community, I wanted to bring it to light. Be sure to check out Crime Cave podcast on Instagram, where you'll get some video footage that I took of the actual crime scene. Now, let's get to know the Evans sisters. Jennifer Evans, 28, and her younger sister Kristen, 25, grew up in northwest Indiana in the town of Munster with their parents Ronald and Marianne Evans. Marianne would say that they did so many wonderful things together as a family. Cruises, camping trips, and the girls were their dad's fishing buddies when they went to Michigan. Both Jennifer and Kristen graduated from Munster High School and were described as not only sisters, but as best friends. Jennifer, the oldest, was born August 13, 1981. She was described as very sweet and that she loved to make a grand entrance. Her mom would say that she was on Evan's time, meaning she tended to arrive a bit late. Vocally talented, Jennifer sang in many musicals in high school and went on to play the lead role of Lori in the musical Oklahoma in 1999 at the Munster Theater Center, which is a renowned and very respected theater in the area. She earned a bachelor's degree in marketing from Purdue Calumet and worked at BP Amico in Whiting. Her obituary states that she will be remembered for her beautiful smile and angelic voice. A friend from grade school, who would later work with Jennifer at Sandridge Bank, shared that she remembered watching Hocus Pocus over and over to sing the songs together, and that she was so happy and cheerful. Jennifer was also described as always positive and very sincere with a sweet smile. In May of 2009, Jennifer bought her very first home in Griffith, Indiana, and was very proud to have handled the transaction all by herself. She was looking forward to decorating her new home for Halloween and Christmas. Kristen was the younger of the two sisters and was born on June 26, 1984. Her mom referred to her as Spitfire because she was a little ball of energy who was always moving around. Her friends said that she had a very unique giggle and that everyone knew when Kristen would arrive because her giggle and laugh went across the neighborhood. Kristen also performed at the Munster Theater Center and was in the chorus of Oklahoma, Cinderella, Hello Dolly, and Fiddler on the Roof. Kristen loved fashion and had a unique sense of style. Friends said she used to give advice on what accessories to wear. 
She went on to graduate in 2008 from the International Academy of Design in Chicago and was employed at David's Bridal after buying her wedding dress there. They were so impressed with her personality that they offered her a position. Kristen was a newlywed, having married Raymond Kennedy, the love of her life, in May of 2009. Jennifer performed at Kristen's wedding. The sisters were described as a team, as each being a force in their own right. And when they would tell a story, they each would add to it, and that they both loved life. It should also be noted that their father, Ron, was a 32-year veteran of the Munster Fire Department. He then moved into the nursing profession and eventually became the supervisor at Community Hospital's Cardiac Catheterization Department in Munster. Although Ron had been diagnosed with appendix cancer in February of 2008, the family was reportedly battling this together, staying positive, and focusing on new beginnings. Kristen, being a newlywed, and Jennifer being a new homeowner of 616 North Lindbergh Street in Griffith. What the sisters couldn't have known is that that home would actually be the location of the end. On Thursday, September 10th, 2009, Jennifer was hosting a small gathering at her home. Kristen was there from Chicago, which was about an hour away, so she had planned to spend the night. On that late summer evening, guests were mostly hanging out in the garage. As people showed up throughout the evening, a couple of friends brought a third guest that Jennifer didn't know, a 35-year-old man from Griffith named David Alex Flores. What they didn't know was that their extra guest was a twice-convicted rapist who was out on parole for less than two months. At some point during the evening, Flores went inside to use the bathroom. While inside, he unlocked a window in a room across from the bathroom, then went back outside to rejoin the festivities. A few hours later, after waiting until everyone had gone home and assuming that both sisters had gone to sleep, David Flores returned to Jennifer's home and crept through the unlocked window. Flores went to Jennifer's room first, he choked her to muffle her screams and then raped her. He continued to choke her until she became unconscious. After getting a knife from the kitchen, Flores went to the bedroom where Kristen was sleeping. He held the knife to her neck and raped her. Then he stabbed her several times in the neck. Flores then decided to go back to Jennifer's bedroom and stab her in the neck as well. Although they had both been choked unconscious, Flores would later tell police that he stabbed them repeatedly to ensure they were dead. But they weren't dead. After disabling the smoke detectors, he dragged both of the unconscious women to the bathroom, covered them with bed linens, set them on fire, and shut the door. Flores collected the knives and other items he touched, put them in plastic bags, and tossed them in an alley. He then fled the scene. After a day of failed attempts to communicate with his daughters via phone, their father, Ron, went to Jennifer's house. After forcing the bathroom door open, he found the charred, burnt, mutilated bodies of his daughters. 
Although much of the fire had died out due to the door being closed, their bodies were still smoldering when he found them. After the discarded items were located in the alley, detectives went to Flores' mother's apartment in East Chicago, Indiana, where they found Flores attempting to flee, but he was ultimately apprehended in the stairwell. David Flores was arrested on Saturday, September 12th in connection with the slayings. He was charged with rape, arson, two counts of murder, two counts of murder in the perpetration of rape, and two counts of murder in the perpetration of arson. Flores had faced the death penalty had the case gone to trial. Instead, he pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and two counts of rape. Acknowledging the Evans family's wish to avoid reliving the horror of the sisters' deaths during perhaps 25 years of death penalty appeals, Judge Thomas Stefaniak reluctantly accepted Flores' guilty plea. Stefaniak had said that if Flores had received the death penalty, there was a three-in-five chance that it would have been overturned on appeal. However, the judge made clear that Flores deserved such a punishment. He said, As I live my life and talk to people, this is just the case in a perfect world that would justify the death sentence. The fact of the matter is, you, Mr. Flores, are the devil among us. There are no redeeming qualities that you have, and there is nothing you can offer society. Flores is serving two life sentences for murder and two 20-year sentences for rape. A slideshow of Jennifer and Kristen was played just before his sentencing. Their father, Ronald, died of cancer five months after their murders. He was 56 years old. Although Ron had been valiantly battling his illness since his diagnosis, his wife, Mary, stated he started dying the day he discovered his daughter's dead. Mary said he is now at peace, fishing with his daddy's girls at a big lake in heaven. Mary compared the murders of her daughters to 9-11, calling the tragedy her personal terrorist attack. Two years after their murders, Mary wrote a comment on their online obituary. September 11, 2009, 9-11, that horrific day my Twin Towers fell. Life as I knew it will never be the same. Losing you both wouldn't be so hard to take if heaven wasn't so far away. Miss you always. Love you forever. Mom. Mary began working with legislators to ensure that repeat sex offenders like Flores can never be granted parole. Thanks for joining me. This episode of Crime Cave has been brought to you by Fortress Defense Consultants, providing security consulting for educational institutions, corporate facilities, and houses of worship, as well as pepper spray, situational awareness, and defensive firearms training for police and private citizens. Find Fortress on the web at FortressDefense.com. Contact Fortress directly at 708-522-8060 or email them at info at FortressDefense.com. Avoid being the subject of a future episode of Crime Cave. Train with Fortress today. Until next time.